What up, man? Sit down. And I'm Ray Ray all day. Oh, man, I'm digging that cowboy hat, right? Like what up man and welcome to the battle i'm your host oh, Mommy johnny and i'm ray ray all day Ray, Ray, all day. What's cracking, brother? Oh, man. A good old rainy Florida day. Man, it has been raining here in Florida for like two weeks straight, it feels like. I mean, every afternoon, it's like a monsoon. Yeah, getting back to the good old afternoon thunderstorm. What happened to that whole thing in sunshiny Florida? It ain't been sunshiny down here in like a month. Man, you know how jacked up Florida is? It is not only the sunshine state of the world. But it's also the lightning capital of the world. You don't like the weather? Wait 10 minutes. It'll change, yeah. You know, there's more crazy shit that happens in Florida than anywhere else in the United States. Well, the the bad part is, is that it's hot as, hot as hell down here. And then all of a sudden it'll rain and then it's just humid as hell afterwards. It's like a <laughs> miserable experience. It's like, you know, it's hot when you're walking and there's steam coming off of the pavement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when you first get out of the shower and you sweat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without you, a doubt. you better bring yourself a tub of desitin with you anywhere you go in Florida. I'll tell you oh. right now. <laughs> that <laughs> was a visual I didn't need. Full Monty Johnny getting a little chafed out there in the Florida sunshine. You know what I'm saying? Catching the them bat wings. Man with a bad chafe. Yeah. Ooh. You catching the catchy ice cream truck. It's man. like yeah. a sick. How do you run with your legs that chafed? It's hot. You don't. It's hot work. Getting them bat wings. Good man. thing my kid's skinny. You know what I mean? Them bat wings. Skin peeling yeah. off your leg and dropping down your leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not good. Not good. Bad combination. You know? Fire starts on your ass and then you <laughs> well there's so much friction with my legs rubbing against each other you know <laughs> <laughs> I smell smoke you know hey if you can't laugh at yourself what can you laugh at right oh, man. that's I, true you I mean I suppose you could laugh seriously. at Ray I mean well you could that's yeah. too easy Oh yeah, that's an easy target yeah that's too easy it's not that's no not, fun even, that's not even fair that's like shooting fish in a barrel yeah no kidding <laughs> hey what's wrong with that yeah, <laughs> I've done my share. It's like it's like fishing with dynamite. I was going to say, you, you just took the words out of my mouth and say, Ray's probably fish with dynamite. You say us rednecks are slow. Come on now. Man, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. Better we already established last episode, your redneck cod is hanging by a thin thread right now, Ray. You know, the good thing about rednecks is they ain't out to impress anybody. Uh, here we go. Hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually at the pool hall. Now I know why rednecks drink so much beer because you guys can barely stand each other. You know, you got to get drunk to hang out with one another. Oh, man. Don't worry about it. He gets funnier after a couple, couple brews, man. Hang on. He's got two more to go. He'll be all right. Let me get this sixer down so we can be friends again, man. I can't stand you right now. I love now. you, man. I love you, man. Dude, yeah. speaking of drinking, man, when I was a kid, we used to hang out at my buddy's house and every between Friday and Saturday night, this is no joke. We would fill up the back of his truck with empty beer cans. And on Monday morning on the way to school, he'd run by Wallach Recycling yeah. and unload his truck and get about 20 bucks to pay for gas and for the week. I don't week. care who you are. That's buy a the, damn buy more beer. That's a damn load of aluminum right there, dude. $20 that's in cans is a lot of cans. That's a bunch. Dude. When I say we filled it up, I, I literally mean we filled the whole bed up. Well, I mean, he's redneck math a little bit off. I don't know. I mean, he's... Maybe an 18 rack, you know, <laughs> <laughs> ran out of toes, ran out of toes. Ray, well, I don't know. It's like 
hundred of them. <laughs> quick, quick, Johnny, come here. Stand next to me. Take your shoes off. <laughs> There's a lot of beer cans in here. Hurry up. This was 10 pounds. No, 15 pounds. a lot of beer. I'll give a damn who you are. <laughs> Man, the good old That's days. a lot of schlitz. You know what I'm saying? A lot of schlitz. <laughs> <laughs> Man, back in those days, it was O-E. 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 Old English. Old English. Oh. Old English. I'm redneck. I didn't even get that. That's like turpentine in a can, brother. Well, yeah. we had that in old Milwaukee. We had these little well, mom. We had these, the Miller is a piss water. You know? Yeah. Okay. We had these little mom and pop shops that we'd walk into. <laughs> they only had what they had. And you'd spend, you know, eight bucks on a bottle of OE because they knew you were underage <laughs> instead of like the, the regular 250. They saw you rednecks coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was better than Mad Dog. They know you, you couldn't know. figure out the change, too, so you just got you had to give them a 10. Nah. You know? <laughs> they scratched our $10, back. ain't it? Yeah, something like that. Give it to me, to, right? Well, you had to pay the bum to go in there and get it for <laughs> yeah. you because you were underage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come out with the Mad Dog. Oh. Mad Dog 2020, baby. Woo! That'll put some hair on it. I'll well, tell you. You ain't lying. My dad one time was my brother and his buddy come over to the house, and they decided they were going to have a Mad Dog 2020 night. Mm-hmm. They got up the next morning and let's just say that it had been a rough night. They weren't Shoot, feeling too man. well. Pour that over a gunshot wound, man. <laughs> my dad's looking at my brother. Hey, bad. You want to go get some breakfast, dude? Let's go get an omelet, some eggs. You know, my brother. Oh, dad, I'm, I'm good, dude. I'm good. <laughs> you know, those people who would have thought that the year 2020 would have turned out just like a night of Mad Dog 2020. Yeah, a bottle of shit. Oh, man, you ain't kidding. Oh, man. 2020 has been nuts. It, it was the perfect shit storm. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Was, is. Yeah, it ain't over yet, boys. <laughs> it ain't no, over yet. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're living the dream. Oh, we yeah. Kidding. You know, as bad as it is over here, we still got a whole hell of a lot better in a lot of places, man. Oh, yeah. A whole hell of a lot. That's truth, be in Florida, I'll That's tell you that. That's truth. That ain't no joke. But, you know, we were talking about how crazy Florida is. I got a, a friend of mine who actually graduated and became a lawyer, believe it or not. Coming out of this little redneck town we came out of, we actually got a couple couple lawyers that came out. Yeah, well, I've seen the movie My Cousin Vinny, too, so that's not saying all <laughs> The two youths. Yeah. The I've two seen lawyers work. come out of the bathroom with their hands in their own pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he posted a, a, a circumstance that happened that a a young lady, not young lady, younger, got arrested for walking into an adult store and opening a package and began to practice with the package in the middle of the store. Wow. That just... Uh, that's... that's oof. That is just absolutely bonkers. Only in a redneck town would that happen. Wow. Yeah. Well, that that was Orlando. That was Orlando. <laughs> Orlando, huh? Oh, man. Or as a guy I know, he's what was called block, a Holando. Was Blockbuster closed? Or what, <laughs> what caused that kind of boredom? Uh, yeah, but you know that that kind of leads to something that I think is rather important, and that's the the consumption of pornography, man. You know, oh, I mean that's the elephant. That's the elephant in the room, right? I mean, if we're gonna get here, real, we go. I mean, if we're gonna you know, take the gloves off and get real with it. I mean, that's the elephant in the room right there. The porn business is out of control in this country. And and primarily it's with men. Now, now we're going to share some statistics tonight, but we're seeing an an uptick with women. But I mean, primarily it's dudes, you know, they're saying that 70% male have looked, look at pornography or watch it at least once a year. You know, the one stat that blew my mind was that, the porn industry is collecting over three 
$1,000 per second. And that blows my mind because I'm a dude. I've seen it. There's enough free porn out there to get your eyes full. Well, yeah, it's called Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Well, they say that one in five mobile uh, searches are linked to pornography. Good. One in oh, five. Yeah. <laughs> or have sexual orientation in, involved in them. I mean, sexual one content. One in five. One in five. Wow. You know, that kind of reminds me. You guys have seen Karate Kid, right? Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure most of the guys out there have well, seen Well, all right. Kid. Which one are you talking about? There's been like four of them made. So. Right. Well, the original. The real Karate Kid. The, the original. The real wannabe Karate Kid, right. Ralph Macchio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel LaRusso. <laughs> Couldn't beat himself up. What do you okay. Right. So they, they, Netflix just came out with a new series called Cobra Kai. So it's got Ralph Macchio and it's got the other guy, the bad guy from Cobra Kai. Johnny. You Johnny, yeah. He's not the full Monty Johnny, but no, he's no. Johnny. Well, they're now... Yeah, let's uh, don't uh, misrepresent. They're, they're now grown up and uh, Ralph Macchio is really successful and Johnny's kind of struggling, right? Doesn't have internet, don't have smartphone, none of that stuff. So he starts his own uh, dojo and the kid that's kind of helping him come into the 20th century, telling him, no, you got to get a computer, you got to get a smartphone, got to get this. So he gets a computer and he figures out how to get on the internet and what's the first thing he searches for? Porn. Yep. First thing he looks at. It's like, hey, hot babes, wet t-shirt contests, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, the industry out there is just ridiculous. And the worst part of it is that it's full of false expectations. Mm. Well, that's one of the things, you know, when, it, when you look at the fact that you're saying now uh, exposure, the first exposure is like 11 years old now. Yeah. This is when these kids are first getting exposed to porn. And when I start talking to a lot of guys who have sons, it's like an epidemic. I yeah. mean, it's very, I don't think I've ever talked to a guy that has a teenage son that hasn't told me that they haven't had an issue with their son looking at pornography. Well, yeah. I mean, even back in, even back in our time, I remember my neighbor snagging one of his dad's playboys and us heading out back to the little fort that we built in the backyard and sitting there huddling over. Oh, 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 oh wow. Look at that. Oh, wow. Well, curiosity to get a hold of you, boy. Oh, Ooh, will. And, but, get a hold of you. The problem with nowadays is with the internet is it leads down a rabbit hole. Well, they got full exposure. I mean, right. you're talking pushing a button and they, they see everything. Right. And, and it's, it's extremely dangerous and it's extremely addictive. And going back to what you said about, you know, false expectations, that's the bigger problem because now you've got teenage boys, 11, well, even preteen boys, tweens, I guess they call them. Yeah. Getting false uh, expectations or ideas of what sex looks like in a relationship. Right. Or what it's supposed to be. And then they're bringing that baggage into these relationships with these, with these girls right. and their wives. And it's, it's detrimental to, to the marriages. It's detrimental to relationships. It's just, you know, I had to have a talk with my son years ago when we had an issue with him for about a minute. And I said, dude, do you think I treat your mom like that? He's like, no. I'm like, yeah, because it's not real. This stuff is all fake. It's staged. It's lies. You know, and you're being taught and filled with a lie that is telling you that this is what sex and intimacy is, and it's not. It's fake. I mean, you think about it. The other part of it, too, is, is was it 90% of teens and 96% of young adults right now encourage each other and accept it as, as, as being okay for people to talk about and to look at pornography? The norm. It's the norm. You're, you're actually today looked at kind of weird and sideways if you don't look at pornography. Right. Like, dude, what do you mean? Like my brother was telling me one time he was sitting at work and, you know, he's a grown man and these guys are talking about porn and my brother's like, dude, I'm not into that. And they're like, what? 
come on. Yeah. Right. And he's like, no, I, I dude, I don't look at, I don't watch porn. It's not my thing. Oh, they'll look you right in the face and go bullshit. Yeah. They, they think you're, there's something wrong with you. Right. You know? There's yeah. something wrong with you because you don't watch pornography. Yep. And to talk about those false expectations and what porn actually does in a relationship, like you're saying, you're, you're telling your son, do you think I treat your mom like that? You know, how would you feel about it if I did that? You know, there's stats here about uh, porn and marriages. You know, 68% of porn or 68% of divorces involve uh, one of the parties meeting online internets, you know, through these, through these websites. Yeah, they find, uh, they have affairs and they meet other people through them. And a lot of them are through these things. Here's a big thing that a lot of people that I didn't know about that I got educated on with, through my son was chat rooms. Oh yeah. And you know, these chat rooms, that's, that's the gateway, you know, um, Facebook. I was just telling you guys, I got hit up by somebody on Facebook that you think, you know, somebody and you, you're like, Hey, what's up? And next thing you know, that person's asking if you want to see nude pictures of them. It's like, what? Like, where, where does this, where does this come? That's just how accessible and how easy it is. How in the hell did we just jump this river? Yeah. It's like, man, we, we went from me trying to figure out how I knew you to, do I want to see pictures of you? It's like delete, goodbye, not interested. We right? just pulled a Dukes of Hazard, man. Yeah, we, we, damn right. <laughs> it's called when you're married. At my age, it's called scared shitless. <laughs> oh, you know, that that kind of stuff don't turn me on. It scares the shit out of me. You know yeah. I mean, it's like no, no, thank you. But to the point that you made last podcast was last week uh, that you know men start uh, they treat their wives like what they see in the porn film. Right. And then they're just doing things to get satisfied, to, to get their rocks off. And then when the wife doesn't do that, then they're, the porn is justified. And it's just this vicious circle. Well, you right. think about it, it's an addiction, right? Well, sure. And so when you look at how all addicts start off, it all starts off small. And then all of a sudden, you're not getting that high anymore. So you got to kick it up a notch. And then you got to kick it up a notch. And then you got to kick it up a notch. And now you're crossing over into areas you never thought you'd ever be or you would do because now you're trying to get that that high and you know just watching regular porn just think, don't get your rocks off anymore just right. having regular sex with your spouse or your significant other doesn't get your rocks off and now you need something that's just out there you know and yeah. it's it it's just it's a bad deal man it's just it's consuming you know we have endorphins in our brain right and when we you know people do drugs and stuff like that those endorphins go off and that's what makes it so addiction addictive well, st uh, studies have shown that those endorphins are in go off when you look at porn. Right. That's why it's a pleasure gland. So that's why it's so addictive. Like guys, you know, get look at it and they get that little rush and that little rush and that little rush. And it's kind of like even with Facebook with things like likes and streaks and stuff. That's why people are so into it because they get those endorphins go off. I got to like, I got to like, I got to like, you know? And so it just becomes a massive addiction. And this might be way off topic, but you know, Starbucks. Mm -hmm. with those stupid stars talk about addictive oh yeah hey you get 50 bonus stars if you do just two visits yeah and i'm crazy about those stupid things and i'll go just to get them 50 bonus stars man so yeah. i i just said that because it's the same correlation with porn yeah, yeah I mean, same I, thing yep and and that's the thing we were talking about you know off off podcast is how all of these advertisements porn advertisements uh, Starbucks advertisements. It's not just putting together a video and throwing it out there. There is tons and tons of research as to how we can attract this group of people and this group of people. And what are we going to do to keep them clicking and to keep them coming back and to keep them looking for more? So they're intentionally doing it. 
And for all the guys out there that are thinking, oh man, I ain't hurting nobody. I'm just looking at some porn. That's the biggest lie because not the biggest person you're hurting. Number one is you. Right. And number two, anybody you're dragging into this thing with you or, or your future person that you're going to be dragging into this because it's baggage. You're bringing a whole lot of baggage with you. Well, think about it like this. I think statistically speaking, there was another statistic that talked about uh, in the workplace that people will actually, I think 25, 28% of people uh, who work in the workplace that have computers will actually look at porn while at work. What else are you going to do? What do you think is going to happen when you get caught doing that? You're fired. You think you're going to hurt your family? Oh, yeah. You ain't hurt nobody. Nope. Not hurt nobody. Boy, that's an addiction gone bad right there when you're willing to to chance your job because most corporations and places like that have monitoring. Oh, yeah. Think about it like this. If you were a Coke addict and you had access to Coke at work, would you take Coke? Oh, sure you would. Right. So if you're sitting in front of a computer and you're a porn addict, you're, you're... your addiction's right there and accessible to you right there. I mean, what's an addict going to do? He's going to cross, she's going to cross that line. I remember back in the seventies when they used to drink at work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and, and to that whole, you're not hurting anybody. Another statistic is that 70% of wives of sex addicts who constantly visit porn and are, are just obsessed with porn could actually be diagnosed with PTSD. 70%. Of wives. Well, yeah, because of the damage you're doing to her. Are you talking about right. making your spouse feel insignificant or making her feel like she's not enough or, or questioning her value? Right. I mean, how do you get something to measure up? I mean, come on, man. You, well, I mean, I just got to say this because this really just pisses me off. It's like, do you really believe as a guy that you're going to show up after working all day and your wife's going to be in some skimpy lingerie and in stiletto heels, bending over, putting dishes in a dishwasher, just wanting you to jump on her? I mean, come on, man. That, that, that is, that is so unrealistic and so fake. It's not even, and the, that's the bigger problem. When you look at porn, the biggest part of the addiction is it's so damn easy. Exactly. The, the girls don't, the girls ain't ever saying no. It's always yes. Right. It's always yes, 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 yes. And quite honestly, you know, the issue is, is that we have a coward, a coward mentality that, that goes into that because we're afraid of rejection. So we'd, it's easy to look at porn. Yeah. And you find yourself getting pissed off because there's so much dialogue in between the scenes. <laughs> Come on, jeez. Fast forward a buck. I mean, who cares? It's a restaurant scene. You know, get on with it already. Yeah, you know. It's like, this like, is taking too long. I mean, this is unrealistic. They're actually talking. That's like when you used to say, oh, I read Playboy for the articles. There's words. There's words in there. So your un- unrealistic expectations become really unrealistic. I knew this. I knew this guy that tried to tell us, me and a couple of buddies, one time that he had a Playboy collection because mm-hmm. he looked at the na- the female body as art. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that you know, he was into the articles and then the you know, the art and the nostalgia of Playboy. Give me a friggin' break. Where's that bullshit I mean, button, Fritz? I can't believe he even tried selling <laughs> that to his wife. I'm like, you're out of your friggin' mind, dude. Oh my gosh. But it destroys relationships. That's how it destroys relationships. Guys go into it and they think that you got to be cool with it. And what's happened is, is, is we're seeing a swing now with women. Yep. Like 30 something percent of women now are looking at porn on a regular basis. It's an uptick of like 3% a year. It's going up every year. You know, I wonder, I wonder if that is one of those, if you can't beat them, join them. If the women are actually feeling like, you know what? 
I'm going to have to step up my game because this is what's expected now. I don't even know if it's a fact that it's a stepping up the game or as we live in a culture today where we have uh, the, the, the feminist movement where women are being told, you know, you're just as good as men. You don't need men. So now they start thinking and acting like men. You know what I mean? So, well, there's so many different types of porn too. You know, you've got the yeah. lesbian porn and all of that. So there's no telling what they're looking at. Yeah, that is true. But it, it, it truly does. It, for you guys out there that are saying, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm telling you right now. Bullshit. Without I, a doubt. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're watching porn and you're looking at porn, you're cheating on your wife. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's in the Bible. I mean, yep. you know, well, even for those guys that don't believe that aren't believers, I mean, True. if you're thinking about having sex with somebody else and fantasizing about them, you've already crossed the line. Well, like that other podcast, we, 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 we touched on this a little bit in one of our other podcasts and choosing to cheat on your wife isn't a spur of the moment thing. It's a small step by step by step. And I can guarantee you, we don't have a stat, a stat on this. But I can guarantee you a lot of it starts with porn. Well, just, yeah, if you look at some of the... It comes with its own demon, man. They're saying 68% of marriages end because of porn. Yeah. So, you know, it started there. Because it puts that unrealistic expectation on the wife. Well, not only that, it also manifests into the guy taking to the next level. I mean, you're talking about now you're you're going to these chat rooms and you're, you're looking at porn and then... You know, it's about, it's like I had a conversation with my son, you know, you know, you just get braver and braver and braver, you know, and get more brazen. And so after a while you step into this, um, into this realm of what you think that that's what women are cool with. So you're willing to say things and do things you normally wouldn't do. Right. And then on the flip side of this coin, and you think about it from a Christian standpoint, I mean, 64% of Christian males and 15% of Christian women say they watch porn at least once a month. Right. And that's what, so I'm- it's not a secular thing. It's, it's, it's. It's all of us. Yeah. I was going to bring that up too. You know, you, for everybody out there who knows we're Christians and you know, that's where we base our stuff, base everything on. We're not perfect either. The Christian people are not perfect, period. Everybody struggles with it. We get it. It's a struggle. We, we understand that it's not just, oh, hey, I'm going to stop looking at porn. We know it is an addictive type state of mind. Well, the other thing is, is that we're all human. Right. You know, there's no magic pill. You don't take a pill, a magic Christian pill, and all of a sudden you don't you're, you know, you're not susceptible to, to temptation anymore. You're, you're better than Joe Snuffy because you've got some magic pill that can keep you from being tempted to go down a, down a rabbit hole. I mean, anytime you expose yourself to anything, I mean, I, I once had a, a guy that I knew years ago that said something to me that was very profound. He says, you know, when I think about sin and he goes, there's not a sin I've ever heard of or ever, you know, seen that if I wasn't put in the right circumstances or right situation, I couldn't find myself doing You're like, man, that's kind of out there. There's some things you just wouldn't do, but when you start actually thinking about it, if you're exposed to certain things and you you dwell in darkness, it's just a matter of time before you just keep stepping further and further and further away from the light. Right. And then when you get consumed by that, you know, there's no telling what you're going to do. Right. Because you don't know what your foundation is at that point. You know, and... <laughs> and if you surround yourself with people that are cool with it, I mean, we've right. already established that, you know, most people are cool with it. I mean, hey, we look at porn. I mean, it's normal. You don't look at porn. You're just something weird about you. Right. And just a lie all day. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, and, and I got something for everybody, for all the listeners out there. I got a challenge. I got a challenge for the people out there. And here's my challenge. We're not, we're not condemning anybody for looking at porn. We get it. We understand what's going on. We've chosen not to. And we're trying to convey this to you that 
it does damage you, your relationships, your future relationships. I worked with a guy. We had, again, we were doing a construction job and two of the guys were talking about porn and I'm just sitting there listening and they look at me, you know, same, same as you, John. And I'm telling them, I just, I just don't partake in that. And they're all like, ah, oh, that's bullshit. Everybody looks at porn, this and that, blah, 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 yada, yada. And uh, I'm like, no, I don't. And one of the guys says, man, I'm, I'm 56 years old. He goes, I gotta, I gotta do something to stir up my libido to get things going with my wife. And I told him, I said, and, and this is the challenge to everybody out there listening. If you're, if you're a consumer of porn, go 30 days, go 30 days without porn. And I guarantee you, your relationship and your sexual relationship will improve drastically. Well, yeah, because right now you're feeding a beast. You're going to be starving it. Right, exactly. And that's the whole thing is that the expectations, the false expectations of what you think your, your significant other should be doing go away. Well, it's funny you say that because of the guys in his 50s. I mean, the largest group of consumers are 35 to 49. You know, you think it's a young man's game. It's not a young man's game. It's a, it's a, mid, it's a middle-aged man's game. It's, you know, an, it's every man's game. Well, it is. But I'm saying if you look at it from the standpoint of statistically speaking, the largest consumer group is 35 to 49. Yeah. And that's typically men that are married or in, or in relationships or, you know, a little bit older. I mean, with... And it goes back to what I said about it being easy. I mean, back when you were younger and you, you know, some guys, because they don't look the way they used to, or they don't feel the way they used to, or maybe they don't feel as attractive or as masculine as they used to, it's easy to go on there and to, you know, get to delve into this because you feel better about yourself before feel more like a man. Yeah. Whereas sometimes you just don't. Or you can get your rocks off to some pretty little hottie on the screen who's not going to look at you for being an overweight middle-aged man. It's all false expectations. I it's thought the real. biggest alarming thing is knowing that, you know, one third of all internet porn users are women. That, that, that was, that, that, was that blows alarming. my mind because there was a time when women, you know, was very few women that ever looked at porn. But, you know, as you start, you know, being a father of a teenage boy, you start realizing these girls start off young. I mean, these Snapchat, you know, chat rooms, chat rooms, uh, Instagram, all these different things that they use and how they communicate. I mean, they're all sending, you know, naked pictures and everything else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and whether you, that's a form of pornography as well. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, it, people say, well, you're not watching anybody have sex. But if you're, you know, if you're sending nudes to somebody and they're sending them to you, that's, that's a form of pornography. It is. And the, and the whole thing about that, too, is that a lot of times that's illegal. You know, as young as these kids are, you know, especially when you start getting to the senior year of high school and stuff where you got a couple 18 year olds in there and 16 year olds and they're mixed intermingled and mixed in and out there. You know, you get some 16 year old person snapping you a, well, I'm just going to say it, a dick pic or a, you know, tit pic. Guess what? If you're 18 years old and you're receiving that, you, you get jail. That's it, man. That's child pornography. And some of those dudes, you know, but it ain't hurting nobody. <laughs> People lie too. That's the other thing you got to understand. Not mm -hmm. every girl or not every boy is going to tell you the truth on how old they are. And you take you you are playing Russian roulette and you're going to find yourself in a bad situation. If somebody's telling you that they're older than what they are and they send you something that's inappropriate. So it's best just to, to stay away from it. But the reality of it is just also owning it, owning the fact that it's a problem and recognizing it's, it's, I mean, right now it's, it's not considered in society a problem. It's considered the norm, but it is a problem because it's affecting 
marriages, it's affecting relationships. And most of all, it's affecting you as a person. Right. Because most people that are caught up in porn are, are hiding in shame. Right. They're, they're, they're not wanting to get exposed. They don't want people to know about it. You know, there's some people that are brazen. They'll talk about it, joking around, but most dudes, they don't even want you to know because they're embarrassed because they know it's wrong. Yeah. Or they'll talk about it to their buddies and hide it from their wife or their girlfriends. Right. I had a friend of mine who, who was in that situation where he had a porn addiction and he had been married for some time and it was just eating him alive. Like you were saying, it was just tearing him up. And we all told him that, look, you have got to tell your wife because you're not going to, you're not going to give it up. He's like, man, she'll leave me. She'll this, she'll that, you know, things will be horrible. So on and so forth. Well, he finally did. And yeah, she, she was pissed. She was really pissed because a I woman the word, the operative word is hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. She was hurt. She was hurt because women are definitely much more emotional than guys. Well, and, they think too, it's uh, like they're inadequate. Like I'm not enough. And, and the right. problem is, is men, we're not thinking with our hearts or our emotion. We're just, it, it's a, it's a physical and a visual stimulation. It's mm-hmm. not has, I had a conversation with my daughter the other day. We were talking about, I said, men can compartmentalize. For a lot of guys, sex means nothing. Right. You know, it should, but for a lot of dudes, men can separate feelings, emotion, and love from sex. Yeah. Whereas most women can't. And so, you know, for a guy, it's, it, what's the big deal? It don't mean nothing. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't mean anything. It's just sex. Then you got to fit the masturbation word in there somewhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. That instant gratification. Yep. Well, and you'll have some guys that say, well, I'm not cheating on my wife. I'm just masturbating. Well, if you're fantasizing about another woman and you're masturbating, yes, you are. Right. And I don't know anybody or any man I've ever met that just masturbates without fantasizing. No. So there's no stimulus there. So, I mean. And, and don't get us wrong. We've all masturbated. We've all done it. Well, any guy that tells you not, he's a liar. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, every guy. That's bullshit. <laughs> That's back. There it is. <laughs> every guy's dabbled in it at least once, you know, tried it. It, it, and without a doubt. But the thing is, is it's all a part, like we talk about growing up, standing up, manning up. You know, if you're still out there, you know, looking through porn, masturbating, not spending time with your wife or your significant other, you're still a kid, man. You're still looking for that self-gratification. Hey, I'm going to be completely honest and transparent. There was a time in my marriage where I used to justify masturbation. Yeah. I mean, there was a time when I thought, well, you know what? I'm not I'm not cheating on her. I'm not going off with anybody. I'm not doing anything I shouldn't be doing. This is just me taking care of me. This is keeping me from doing that. And then and just a lie and telling myself that. And, you know, I mean, there, there've been slip ups over the years to sit here in, the, in this podcast and pretend like I, I never have masturbated would be an absolute lie and right. be being plastic. And we've talked about the fact that we're not going to do that. Right. So right. the reality of it is, is we've all experienced it and it's a constant battle. Because it's rooted around selfishness. Exactly. And what we do is, is when we don't get the response we want from our spouse, we can start justifying to ourselves, well, well, hell, she don't want to do it for me. I'll do it myself, you know? And, you know, I'm not like I'm out doing it with somebody else, you know? We tell ourselves all these different things. And at the end of the day, it's just a lie. And then it causes shame, you know? It causes resentment. It causes frustration. It just, it's poison. And, And that's one of the reasons why, you know, you know, we need to be careful what we put in our minds and our hearts. It's a real heavy burden to carry too, because you're hiding all that. Yep. And you're afraid you're going to get caught red handed. And you see a guy and I've met guys that are just consumed by it. Right. And you can Mm -hmm. see it in their face. This the weight. 
Yeah. I mean, there are guys that can't have a computer in their house unless it's in the middle of the living room because they can't trust themselves to be alone with. Well, yeah, I've told you that story where I used to go out into the garage with a laptop and I used to tell my wife, it's my time, my me time just to decompress. And half the time I'd be out there looking at porn. Mm. Well, after a little while, the laptop battery died, wouldn't hold a charge. My wife's like, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll get another battery. I'll, I'll order another battery. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't order another <laughs> no, I battery. Got it. I got it. Nope. I told I her, that. I told her, I said, don't do it. I said, we can plug it into the wall. So at that point I was stuck where she could walk by at any time. And that was what kept me honest. Yeah. And accountability. Yeah, exactly. And so we know, man, every, everybody has struggled with it at some point in their life. This is not something that's unique to a couple of dudes. When you're talking 70%, 68%, you know, that when you're talking 40, 40 million Americans say they regularly visit porn sites. Right. This isn't just something that's just, this, this, that's just people admitting it. How many people are in secret doing it? Right. Here's another thing too. We were talking about the chat rooms and stuff like that. The video games. Video oh, games today. Yeah. We're uh, last time Maynard was here, he was talking uh, about uh, Fritz was talking what about what is that? G- uh, GTA, yeah, yeah, Grand Tour Auto, the, the new one, oral sex, oh, yeah. prostitution, in the everything, of a car, you know. And these are 13, 12 year old boys playing these games, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. guess what they're thinking? Oh, hey, this is what happens. I get a BJ in the back of a car, it's how, yeah. how you roll, yeah, just hey, that's life. I mean, I go get a chick, and that's what they do, you know? that's what it's all about, and, and that's selfishness, yeah. And, and it's just, we have to make sure that we understand that it's not something we have to run from. It's something we have to address. Right. And, and one of the biggest problems that we faced for us as, as believers in the church is the church for a long time did not want to touch this thing with a 10 foot pole. Right. And you have a bunch of dudes that are running around with a dirty little secret that becomes an even dirtier little secret because the, the church, the church wouldn't even talk about it. There's a time when church wouldn't even talk about sex. I mean, sex is a good thing. God created sex for a man and a woman. It's intended to be done between a husband and a wife. Right. It's not bad. Sex is not bad. Nope. When you take it out of context and you take it outside of the marriage room and, and you take it outside of what it's meant to be and, and you add the worldly aspects to it, that's when it gets distorted. Exactly. When, when it gets perverted or yes, perverse. perverse. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. And the biggest thing about this is that you've, like we said, you got to stand up, you got to own up to it. Don't, there's nothing that's going to clear your conscience or, or lift that load other than admitting it, admitting it's an issue and standing up and owning it. That's what you have to do. If you're, if you want, if you're, if you're sitting out there and you really want to free yourself of this, you have to own it. You've got to step up and you've got to recognize it's a problem. Right. And, you know, you can surround yourself by a bunch of dudes that are going to tell you it's no big deal. But let me tell you something. Anybody that loves you and cares about you or cares about your marriage is not going to be encouraging you to be looking at porn. You know, right. if anybody has any respect for you or respect for your spouse, it's not going to be encouraging you to look at pornography. They're going to be like, hey, bro, you probably need to get away from that. But here's the other thing, too. It is an addictive situation. There are people that are addicted to porn. Right. And we can't, it's not as simple as just shut the computer off. It's not just as simple as, well, just don't do it anymore. You know, there's, you know, there's things that you've got to do. You've got to, you've got to get honest with yourself and seek the help you need to try to help you get done with that. I mean, you know, it's not about shaming yourself and embarrassing yourself. It's like freeing yourself. Get to a place where you've got to hate this being caught up in it more than you hate the thought of being exposed by it. 
I mean, at the end of the day, we all have struggles. There's not a man out here that's listening to this podcast right now that has not thought inappropriately or sexually about another woman. And, and, if, and if there is a man that's out there that says they haven't, but we need to have, be praying for him because he's in a compulsive liar, okay? The reality of it is, is we all have struggle. The struggle is real, man. Question is, you got to ask yourself, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep accepting it? Are you going to keep just doing it because everybody says it's okay? Are you going to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I don't want this to be a part of me and my life anymore. I don't want to look at my wife through the lens of pornography. I want to look at her through the lens of the love that I had for her when I first fell in love with her the first time. I want to treat her like a lady. I want to make sure my children understand that. And men out there that are listening to this, if you have a son or a daughter that's dealing with this, don't shame your children. Don't beat them up and make them feel like they're perverts and they're sickos and they got problems. You know, we have to sit down with them. We have to discuss this with them and help them understand why this is poison for their lives and help them understand that it's not real, that it is fake. And it's something that can be very detrimental to relationships. We don't want them dragging this baggage into relationships or into marriages. We want to free them of that. So I would encourage you out there right now, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with this, make today be the very first day that you make the decision you want to try to get away from this. It takes one step at a time. It takes that choice to step up, to get up, and to man up. And when you do that, my friends, (laughs) that's where the rubber meets the road. 